This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 360. Oh, hit him with the sauce. Got it! And one! Fires a long one. Nothing but net. everyone and welcome to another episode of all that brought to you by OTF. I am your host Natalie but most people do call me Nat and today I'm joined again by friends of the show. If you haven't seen them for some months now I think it was like right before the end of um 2022 I mean 2021 so in mm-hmm. December but they came on and they joined me for a two-part episode and they're back. And they are infamous and well known on our Twitter timelines. But it is <laughs> well, you don't like what I'm saying? It's true. No, no, it's funny. It's funny how much um our account has grown. Yeah. Um, well, grown quite a bit over yeah, we had a boom. followers. Yeah. And if you're still not clear who I'm talking about, it's uh the official Twitter account of Golden State Warriors subreddit, but also because there's a new or additional account. So I want you guys to talk to us about that so people know what it is. But it's the GSWCBA account, right? So you guys are the masterminds behind both of those. Um, you should be following GSWCBA if you're not. And I'm saying that because I know I used to like, I used to ask a lot of, uh, you know, CBA questions, cap questions, all kinds of stuff. And I would just fling it to like the Reddit account. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's in part why they started this new account, but I'm not sure. I don't want to speak for them. So can you please let us know? But fellas, thank you and welcome to the show. No, man. Feel (laughs) feel free to speak for us. It's all good. (laughs) Uh, I'll take credit for being behind the CBA account. (laughs) I have have nothing to do with the CBA account. That's perks, man. Um, So I'll give a quick recap, Perks, and then you can dive in a little oh, bit right. about your expertise with the CBA. So um, Perks and I met maybe five five years ago or so. We both started volunteering at, uh, at uh, the Golden State Warriors subreddit. Um, and that's a community online where people come and share their highest quality videos, memes, anything related to the Warriors, that content that people would like to engage with or see. If you've made original content, you stumble across something that you think is funny and relevant, you submit it to Reddit. Uh, and then the way that it works is if you like it, you click upvote. If you don't, you hit downvote and it filters all the most liked stuff to the top. So it's the most visible. So we like to say it's like a really good one-stop shop for all your content, funny warrior stuff, discussions, relevant news, things like that. You'll find articles, podcasts, um, anyone in the warrior space. It's a good platform. We encourage you all come join us, share your stuff there. Um, so perks, did you start the Twitter account? I did not, uh, another mod started it, but like they weren't super active with it. I kind of took over the account in like October of 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. yeah, I mean, I just kind of started posting more frequently. And then eventually I kind of got more into like the CBA cap side of stuff. And I kind of started posting that content. And ultimately the reason we kind of created this new account is we felt like the, you know, the, the GSW Reddit account has gotten so big and it's, you know, it's supposed to be a reflection of the subreddit. And we feel like with the CBA stuff, it, I don't know if it necessarily aligns with that. So we just felt it'd be better to kind of separate that into its own thing mm-hmm. um, to make it like easier. 
um, for the you know Reddit account to be about the Reddit itself, and then the, if people want like the eBay stuff, they can go to the other one. So. Yeah, I think it was kind of an interesting thing where like the content we were putting out initially, Perks was kind of tweeting out by himself, and it it kind of just transferred into what his interests were and his expertise in the CBA. So a lot of the stuff that was coming out of the uh, GSW Reddit account was CBA related stuff, which was great. And then uh, I hopped in and started tweeting low quality memes, which people love for whatever reason. So he would put all this work into like really high quality stuff, like thoughtful analysis of the salary. And then like, I would tweet like Stephen Curry is him. And it would do like <laughs> 2000 retweets. And I was just like, I felt guilty in some sense that like the low quality stuff is the most viewed <laughs> stuff. Like there's been times like I drew this one cartoon of James Wiseman as like a Simpsons character. And I was in Photoshop, like zoomed in a hundred X for like two hours and it did like five retweets. <laughs> and I was like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> so uh, it's, you know, we've had this explosion in like following uh, cause people love, low quality quick click memes which is fine it's it's got its place and truthfully that stuff is probably a better reflection of what the subreddit is holding um there is cba stuff on the subreddit but it's because perks writes it and then publishes it there so yeah. we kind of found that like the account was starting to follow our personal interests instead of capturing what the sub is really about so gotcha. we had a conversation partway through the season we're like hey you know this is growing so quick that like a lot of the cba stuff or that interesting content is kind of getting drowned out by the other memes and video clips which is okay but uh, we felt like we're covering x warriors players in europe and china the g league the cap memes like we just we were spread so far out they're like hey let's we're trying to do too much from one place and it, it, we felt it was just getting a little muddy and we're like hey there's room here uh, to kind of filter the CBA stuff, some of that fringe stuff into an account that Perks is tweeting out of. Um, I think he would generously share the password with me if I decided to learn the cap, but I don't feel like there's any utility in me being in there because I'll just give you wrong answers. So we're going to leave that to him. But uh, yeah, that, that's why we knows the cap. Account. Don't learn the cap. It's not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I mean, it's worth it for us because we come to you with all the questions, yeah. but I don't know for you putting in the work if you feel like it's worth it. <laughs> well, we were at a spot where like we would have like members in the media writing articles, hitting us up into our DMs and GSW are like, hey man, can you clarify what the extension date is on this? Or when does this convert? And because uh, we were both, like we both get the notice into our personal phones and our cell phones as we share the account. Like I'd catch a message from a reporter and then I'd have to text Perks at home, like, hey, man, like, so-and-so's got a question for you. It's in the DM box. And we found we were doing that more and more as a, he's the cap expert, and I do a lot of the networking. So kind of what, what we were using the account for initially was to try and grow our presence online and connect with players and reporters so that we could invite people to come over to Reddit to do question and answer sessions and connect fans to people within the organization. So it, it was becoming like almost daily or every other day it's like hey meds you got something in the dm box i cleared the notification i don't want you to miss it that type of a thing so yeah. just kind of keeping our things more organized i hear you i gotta get there too i've had to do a little bit of that in my life um so i definitely definitely can understand how do you guys have the time to do all of this plus deal with your regular lives and whatever else you have going on we don't <laughs> Yeah, that, that is a great question. You know, I actually know very little about Perks. He's a very mysterious man. <laughs> so I feel like we've connected in person several times. And I'm always like, hey, do you have time today? He's like, no, I'm busy. I was like, dude, you're the busiest guy I know. Like, do you have a secret family I don't know about? Like kids you haven't told me about? He's like, no, nah, man, just normal day-to-day -day stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> oh, um, wow. So I'm honored that I got you for this time on my on my pod. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, for sure. No worries. Uh, how much time are you spending on this a day, Perks? What do you think? I mean, it really depends. Like, is I mean, I maintain like a number of things, including like the spreadsheet. Uh, I don't know if people know, but if you go on GSWCB account, pin tweet is a spreadsheet. It has like, I think everything you essentially need to know about the Warriors financial situation. So I try to keep that up to date uh, as much as possible and kind of depends. Like if a signing happens or something, 
like uh i remember i chom sweeted the travion williams signing and i was like walking down the street and i'm like oh shit i need to update this mm-hmm. oh my god so i mean but and you created that initially from like scratch uh yeah i mean it's based off some stuff i've seen elsewhere like uh for some of the color schemes I actually took from I don't know if people remember early bird rights that used to be run by Jeff Siegel who actually now works for clutch as their cap analyst so um it's kind of I mean the entire document I created from scratch but I kind of took bits and pieces from here and there so um when when people like me because I'm one of them like hit you up with questions why don't you just be like um go look at my spreadsheet and send me the link because <laughs> that's what I would do you were way that happens messy. sometimes I'm- I would be like, well, oh, I've already answered these questions. Go look. <laughs> here's the thing, though, is recently people have been on the spreadsheet and then they come to me like, hey, I don't understand so-and-so on there. So then I have to, like, kind of explain how that kind of works. And the, oh, the thing man. with this is, like, there's so many intricacies. It's very easy to get confused. So I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and also, so I might explain trick. things in a way that makes sense to me. but may not Yeah, I feel anyway. like I feel like that happens. I feel like Perks's knowledge of the cap is so high. And like, I dabble in it. I'm like, I know so much more about it now than I did eight months ago when, I don't know, I don't even know how long I've been hopping on the Twitter with you, Perks, but it's like, I'll ask him questions and it's like, he'll give me an answer that I just don't understand. And he's like, yo, why don't you get this? And I'm like, you don't understand how confusing this shit is. Like, this is so basic for you. You know so much about it. Like, I need you to teach me this. Like I'm five years old. Like, like just yesterday we were talking like I didn't know that an exhibit 10 provision, which is a $50,000 contract add-on, like it can convert into a minimum G League contract. I thought it would just be like, hey, we're going to give them like 20,000 over the 37,000 minimum. It's like, no, no, it's in addition to. So like these guys that get exhibit 10s that go onto G League contracts are getting about $90,000 a year. So it's like two to three X what a G League minimum contract was. I was like, I had no clue. Like I thought it just replaced that. So little things like that it's like it's so obvious to him i'm like no i I had no idea about that at all like and i think most fans don't so i'm learning from this guy every single day you're for sure speaking a foreign language to me right now but it's great information which is why i had to have you on because this is the time of year well i don't know if there's a particular time of year but i think this is one of the time of years a lot of these questions heat up because we're trying to figure out who's going to be on the roster. Mm-hmm. Fans yeah. are doing their own fan GMing and everyone wants to like, you know, ask questions. I figure you get a lot of them. And that's why I thought it was like a really, I mean, I always think it's a great time to chat with you guys, but I thought sure. it was a really um, good time to have you on. So like, um, I know I kind of had like an outline of what we we're talking about, but I may not do that in order. So what I want to know, just based off of like what we were just talking about, what is this contract that McClung got? I don't understand it because... People are just like, he got a one-year contract, but it's not an Exhibit 10, and it's not the... Okay, what is it then? And why did he sign it? And what's the point? (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah. Um, The thing that kind of happens around this time is with all these training camp deals, they kind of get reported in a way that I think confuses fans. Because if you hear, like, you know, Sham Suites, oh, so-and-so player signed a one-year deal, you're like, oh, is that, like, on the... Like, damn, he's on the 15. That's one of the spots. Yeah, that you get a lot of that, but it's not really what happens. Almost the majority of the contracts that are going to be signed from this point forward are training camp deals, which means that um, they're for the minimum salary. They're completely non-guaranteed. And basically what's happening is the player is trying to compete for a spot on the roster going into the season, and they're going to do that during training camp. Um, the most likely, the majority of these players are just going to get waived. Um, that's kind of the reality of the situation. Right now, rosters can go all the way up to 20. So you're basically bringing 20 people um with you to train camp and at minimum three of those people are getting waived so it's just uh, a lot of players right now competing for spots and that's what mac is doing and when um, you say at minimum you're saying three are getting waived because like two can be two-way players so 15 yeah. man roster plus two okay yeah so it's it's a bit confusing but uh training camp rosters are 20 and then regular rosters are 15 standard contracts and then two two ways so 17 total so it's interesting because i feel like in some regards like shams's tweet was i don't want to say poor reporting but like it just started this like media frenzy and it didn't like his words i just pulled up the tweet right now so he tweeted on uh july 20 guard mac mcclung has agreed to a one-year deal with the golden state warriors his his agent dan poneman of beyond am told the athletic mcclung averaged 13 more 13.4 13.4 points and 4.8 assists in the summer league for the Warriors. If yeah. you just read that, you're like, damn, like 
guy just got a one-year deal. He's on the roster. But like, you follow it up. It's like, no, he got a non-guaranteed deal, which can be severed at any point in time. Essentially, like, he's on the team until he gets cut or converted mm-hmm. to something else is what it means. So I mean, like, and that could happen. It is it's accurate. Correct. It's accurate. Like, it is but, like, a one-year deal. But... People are going to feel some way about it. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, what the, the layman fan is going to read is not the reality of what this actual deal is. Like, if if he doesn't perform in training camp, this deal will be like eliminated before he even sees a game in the NBA. Like, yeah. I don't think that the that this contract, I don't think your takeaway should be like, damn, McClung is going to be on the 15 unless he screws something up. I, I don't think that that's it's like, like a, I would say there's maybe a 90 to 95% chance he's going to get cut. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right. I will be surprised if Mac McClung suits up for the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco next year, like even for a minute, like that will be a surprise to me. I I agree with that. But, you know, I kind of wish I would have recorded with you guys before I had my spaces yesterday. But hey, uh-huh. whatever. Um, I, still get, <laughs> I still get the information out to the people. Oh, they're going to so, catch the receipts, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I didn't say anything incorrect. We just like there was the information we just didn't know. And it would have been great to be like, mm-hmm. hey, you For know, sure. so um, like, let's just clarify right now. How many roster spots right now are actually taken? Because they're right now technically based on signings. It's 12, right? Like, did they sign um, Rollins yet? Or has he not? No. I'm confused about that. So I have okay. my spreadsheet up. As of now, they have 14 players officially under contract. Two of those are two-way contracts. And so then they I should have... have said for the 15-man roster. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. 12 right now only 12 signed. right now. And then they're going to sign five more guys that we know of. One of those is Rollins. The other one is Green. And then they have um, Mac McClung. And then the two exhibit tens, uh, mm-hmm. Pat Spencer and Travion Williams. So, so they're the in roster, 18 right now. Yeah, although I don't know if Spencer will actually be like for the entire preseason. I feel like they might just sign him for one day and then wait. Um, mm-hmm. that, that looks like a move that they're doing just for Santa Cruz. So I don't know if they Yeah, do. but he'll still get the whole of the exhibit 10, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so to, to quickly let's, break let's, down, let's, wait, hold on. let's, let's take about exhibit one. 10. Yeah. yeah, wait, hold on, because like I'm sort of slow. So let's take it like one thing at a time. So let's talk about the 15-man roster, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So, okay, Jermichael Green is going to be signed, right? Yep. Um, so I guess I shouldn't have even said that he has a roster spot because I think in my mind I'm just tweeting it like he does, but he hasn't technically come and signed yet either, right? Not officially, but, but he will soon. Right. It's a done deal, though, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but so technically there's sort of three spots up in the air. We think one of those is likely for Andre Iguodala, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, mean, I would say there's two spots because, I mean, everything we've seen is Rollins will be signed for yeah. the 15-man roster. I mean, they have they set aside a, a portion of the mid-level to give him a longer deal. I mean, they traded up to get him. They kind of view him as a yeah. first-round pick. From what we've it's like here. two million bucks they spent to... So He's why also haven't they signed cheaper. him yet? What's the delay? Yeah, so... The reason I think it's been delayed is um kind of it, this tends to happen with second round picks where first round picks have just a set like rookie scale deal you sign so there isn't like much room for negotiation there whereas with second round picks they don't have anything like that so they can wait you're coming through a little low for me oh, I don't know did something happen with your mic they can move back a little bit although we were having some trouble with that yesterday <laughs> yeah. can you hear me better now I can hear I you. I can hear you, but it sounds sort of low to me. Maybe if you could just speak a little louder then. <laughs> Come on, per- Perks, get your shit together, man. Yeah, I'm getting a little, I don't know. What it well, is. he's setting up, I would say, like with Rollins and Jermichael Green, and he'll give you more insight as to why it works out how it works. But I think it's safe at this point. You can say, like, these guys are going to be on the 15-man roster. I think it's reasonable to expect that. Like, it would be a huge deviation from the way that like these things work out for this to get flipped um, where they suddenly weren't going to be on the 15. I think it, it's fair. Like you can plan on these guys being on the 15. They're not competing for anything. Like, yeah. And I was counting Jermichael Green. So, yeah. okay. So if I count Rollins, right, then that's 13. Correct. So there's two spots and one of those may be for Iguodala or not. And then mm-hmm. there's like a 15th spot. So mm-hmm. let's talk two scenarios. Let's say Andre decides he doesn't want to come back. Right what who could potentially are they looking for another vet at that point are they going to just utilize like look at some of these players like McClung Santos do you think he's going to end up going to training camp or no because he signed isn't he signed with his team where he is so as far as I'm aware he's still signed um in Brazil right now 
but I believe the expectation will be that he'll like figure out that situation there and he'll get out of that contract. And we're I think we're gonna see him in Santa Cruz as a draft rights player. And then to explain kind of how that works, um, each G League team gets ten roster spots, and you're allowed to sign a player that the like the NBA team drafted. And that player doesn't occupy a spot for Golden State's roster. So Santos wouldn't be a two-way or a 15-man. He would just be on Santa Cruz on a G League deal. And the reason this would be beneficial for the Warriors is that they can develop him in Santa Cruz um, without giving him an actual roster spot. And no team can, no like other NBA team can touch him because they have mm-hmm. rights. So Okay, so that's where we think Santos be. is going to yeah. end up. Yeah. Okay. And so... So right now, I think we said there's about 18 players for like the 20 spots, right? Yeah. So there's about. Are we counting Andre spots. in that or no? I'm not. I'm not. Andre would make it 19. 19, yeah. and they'd have one more. Okay. Depending so on, yeah, who are the? Okay. So who? So who's on that? Can we go through that list of 18 sure. players? So they have 14 officially signed. 12 of those are on the 15-man roster: Steph, Clay, uh, Wiggs, Draymond. Wiseman, Looney, Kaminga, uh, DiVincenzo, Poole, Moody, and Baldwin. Those guys are all officially signed. Mm-hmm. And then um, Keonis and Weatherspoon are both also two officially ways. signed, but they're two ways. Um, then Jamichael Green will be signed at some point. So will Ryan Rollins. And then kind of going back to why he hasn't signed yet, um, second-round picks, um, they can sign for anything. There's no, like, set rookie floor. So normally there's some negotiation between the team and the agents in terms of the amount of the contract that is guaranteed. So I'm assuming that's kind of the holdup right now as they figure out that amount. But eventually they're going to figure that out. And I would expect him to sign a three-year deal at the rookie minimum because Rollins, rostering Rollins is a lot cheaper than signing any vet from free agency just because of how the cap and tax kind of work with drafted players. So I would completely pencil in for a spot Mm -hmm. on the 15-man roster. And then Mm -hmm. um, going towards the training camp guys, you know, Mac McClung signing. Um, it's a non-guaranteed deal. He's going to try to get on the 15-man roster. Um, there's no Exhibit 10 in this contract, which is notable. We can get into that later if you guys want to. And then the other two guys that are Exhibit 10s are Travion Williams uh, and Pat Spencer. Pat Spencer. I would expect both of those guys in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Maybe Travion can make enough noise to potentially look at a two-way, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and then so Santa Pat's... Cruz, like the same way Santos would be there? Is that yeah, what you mean? so okay. all three of them I would expect to be on the G League contracts. Yeah. And so that's Santos, and who are the other two? Uh, Travion Williams and Pat Spencer. Okay, okay. Um, but do And do you think they'll be there for like the training camp, any of them, or no? Williams, yes. Spencer, uh, no, because... So not only are the Warriors signing him, but they actually traded for his G League rights. So I don't know if people notice, but um, mm-hmm. players who play in the G League and finish the season there have their rights held by the team they finish the season with. So Spencer actually played for the Washington Wizards G League team. So the Wizards had his rights, and the Warriors made a trade to get those rights. So for they me, they traded G League picks G in order picks, to get yeah. his rights. Yeah, which I, I don't know if people know, but the G League does have a draft, and it's actually super common for trades to happen down there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Jordan actually, Bell last year got traded yeah, for a first which round, which is actually funny because they traded for Bell's rights during the off season mm-hmm. from the same team. They just traded for Spencer's rights, so so they got some business going on there. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the Atlanta Hawks of the G League, basically. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, no, I would like to understand. So McClung doesn't have an Exhibit Ten. Yeah, and then so what's the distinction with these Exhibit sure. Tens? Yeah, yeah so, so that's an interesting one. Basically, um, what Exhibit 10 is, is it's an attachment that can be added to a contract, and it basically gives the team the option to convert that contract into a two-way. So let's say uh, McClung has like a good preseason, but not good enough to where the Warriors feel comfortable putting him on the 50-man roster. They instead would want him on a two-way. With that Exhibit 10, they could just automatically convert the contract without McClung agreeing to it. Um, And the reason I don't think Mac and his team wanted that in there is because I think Mac wants to be on a 15-man roster, either here or elsewhere, so he doesn't want to be essentially locked in with the Warriors. So you go low, and then, like, you come in. It's <laughs> interesting. I don't know. Like, so right, right before that, you sounded great, yeah. and then you went low. And the mic can be a little bit weird at times. Okay, you're good right now. Go ahead. Okay. But, yeah, so basically, um, I don't think McClung wants to be locked in with the Warriors um, and potentially be on a two-way. I think he feels like if he can't get on the 15-man roster here, he'd rather just be waived and try it 
you know, with have his freedom to check out with yeah. another team. He's confident someone will give him a 15 man deal somewhere. So yeah. that's what I was surprised by because like, I feel like he could potentially make a 15 man roster, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty clear. He's unlikely to make the Warriors yeah. roster, but yeah. I guess yeah. not in his mind. Yeah. So either that, or he just really wants to be on the Warriors. What do you think made him sign this kind of deal with the Warriors? Cause isn't that like, taking time away from him trying to get on maybe one of these other teams who can potentially or would potentially sign him. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that the Warriors were the only team that were giving uh, a contract without the exhibit 10. It's possible that McClung just wants to really play for this franchise and mm-hmm. um, he wanted to see if he could get here and otherwise he, you know, um, have an opportunity elsewhere. It's hard to really say, but um, I definitely don't think he's interested in a two way. It's probably like a last resort for him. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so one thing that I thought is interesting is when we were analyzing Max game through the California Classic, he was with the Lakers, and then we like watched him play against the Warriors, and then like a day later, they're like, "Yeah, Mac McClung has like he's left the Lakers, and he's agreed to do a like a summer league deal with the Golden yeah. State Warriors." We're like, "Oh, that was pretty unexpected." Like we reached out to some of our sources, and like the quote we got back from someone in Santa Cruz. It was like, yeah, man, we're trying to win a summer league championship. <laughs> like Mac is a good summer league player. Like he'll score buckets. We need guards. Uh, so we thought that was kind of interesting. And I think Perks and I were in agreement, like Mac isn't really a fit here. Um, and then when you saw him play, there was a lot of chatter about how like he looked Wiseman off a lot and seemed like he was hunting for his own points. Like and that's where you kind of look at it and you're like, well, if he was just trying out for the Warriors and he was only interested in playing with the Warriors, like it would have been to his benefit to really show that aspect of his game. Like we're not looking for someone to fill out a two league spot or sit at the end of the bench. That's going to get you 20 points a game. Like that's right. not what you're looking for when you're looking for your end of the bench. Like you want a guy that can do the dirty work that can pass that can facilitate to other players. He's going to be, if he plays in the NBA, he's going to play with other players that you want those guys to be your scoring options, not necessarily him. Um, so if you look at him compared to like Quindary, for example, Q is an elite scorer in the G league and he can score the basketball in the NBA for sure. And when you saw how Q ran his summer league, he was with intentionality trying to showcase his defense, showing his transition work, working with other players. And he knows like, Hey, they're aware of what I can do on the offensive side of the, of the court let me show the other stuff because he's trying out for the Warriors. Mac essentially was in a Warriors uniform and trying out for all the teams. Like, look at me. Like, I I can play. Right. Like, I kind of understood why he played the way he did, but Mm -hmm. I think it made a lot of people form the conclusion that he cannot fit on the Warriors. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know enough about him to say that. Like, I I don't know enough about him. Um, Like, I would agree that, like, playing the way he did wouldn't work, like, if he was playing on the Warriors. But I thought he still exhibited some qualities that, like, I would have preferred over, like, a Chioza, to be quite frank. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't see, like, why that would be a bad thing to have someone who can handle, but not just, like, manage a game, but actually, you know, I don't know. I know. I will say, like, I know I have a different opinion of Chioza than most, but like, what I saw a lot when I saw him on the court was like him dribbling the ball for a very long time, (laughs) an Mm -hmm. unwillingness to really ever shoot, and then it was a lot of like late passes with the shot clock almost run out to a player. I would like some better decision making than that. I would like someone who could play make and actually create a little more than that. And who was not afraid to shoot the ball um, and can make some shots. So those were kind of like where I saw, but granted, Chioza was on a two-way, but that's where I was like, well, I think there could be more value in him than like a Chioza. So I didn't write him off, but I, you know, a lot of people just felt like he didn't belong on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the big difference between them is that Chioza is a very good passer and like that, not that McClung is bad at it necessarily, but it's not one of his strong suits. And I feel mm-hmm. like the Warriors have kind of shown that um, if you're an undersized really player, yeah, he, he, he didn't really show it. I think so. Say, but <laughs> I mean, I didn't see that. Yeah. So like, is, does that matter if you, if you're not doing it, you know? I mean, I, they signed him with the intention that he would be able to do that at the NBA level. 
So it mm-hmm. didn't work out. But that was kind of the thought process beyond that. And I feel like for them with undersized players, if you can't really pass the ball, I don't know if they're going to be super interested in you. I mean, Max only like six one, six two, and like he's super bouncy, but he has a short wingspan and he's not going to really do much defensively. And yeah, he's a very good scorer. He's athletic. He's got a good speed to him. But that I don't know if that stylistically necessarily fits with what they tend to do. So he kind of Mac will have to kind of change his game in the way that Weatherspoon has to kind of try to have a chance. I think. Well, I, will I say like I'm, Quinn. I want Quinn on the roster. So like in my both of us scenario, do you're talking to the right guys. Yeah, it was <laughs> like Quinn on the roster and give Mac the two way. So that was like my vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that can still happen. So that's what's interesting about Mac signing this deal um, that doesn't include an Exhibit 10 that will allow him to convert him to a two-way spot is that he's essentially forcing their hand to say, like, I'm not going to accept that. So it's like either he makes the 15 or he's out of there, which is, it's okay. I mean, it would be, he doesn't get any money until the very first day of the season. If he suits up, there's no money for him there. And there's no pathway to money outside of that, unless they could waive this one year deal that he has, and then offer him a two way contract and he could sign a completely new deal. That's not tied to this previous one that he had. I was pretty low on Mac overall after watching summer league as a fit with the warriors. But I will say I've changed my position slightly. I still don't foresee it happening, but we uh, I was talking with some people that were there in Vegas and that were with the team, and they spoke like privately and saying like, hey, Mac is actually like hungry to learn. Like you should have seen this guy studying like in between games. Like he was very much wanting to excel and succeed within the system. And he was always looking for advice for how to play better team basketball. I was surprised to hear that. Like I kind of had this narrative I had written in my own mind that he was like selfishly going to go try and get his 20 and prove himself. But it sounds like he was motivated to do more than that, which I, I didn't see that. I didn't perceive that. Yeah, that's great but to hear. It was interesting to hear that. And I was like, okay, well, they did give him a deal of some sort. I don't think that they did it thinking, hey, he's making the 15 for sure. But I don't necessarily think they do that if they think it's a wash. Like there's no utility in having him in camp and, unless they want him to compete. And, you know, he believes in himself and maybe that's just the kind of guy he is. And they're going to use that to fuel the whole system as guys. Even someone like Weatherspoon, for example, who I think is a better fit, is a better player. Like if Mac is like breathing down his neck, like you you might get more out of him, which would be good. Uh I know right. that they like that. They like that healthy competition. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to some, you know, media when I was out at Summer League and that was kind of the the idea that like Mac, like, nah, this is how he is. He's always going to like look for his mm-hmm. and, you know, like that's just, or I, unfortunately that like to his detriment, that might be his reputation, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's good to hear that he was showing, you know, signs of, wanting to be different and, you know, learn and grow. So that, that is good to know. Yeah. I, I mean, think I Mac like... McClung is an NBA player. I do. Yeah. I think he's an I end agree. of the bench guy. He's got the talent. I agree. I just don't know that the Warriors is the right fit for him, but he could show me something new. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot think... of this depends on what Andre does. He kind of sure. is the deciding sure. factor. That's what I said. I said a lot of this is about Andre, right? Because yeah. if Andre comes, you think they're going to probably leave that 15th spot open, right? That's what we've been hearing. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going with. When you look at the money side of it, I really think that we should expect a 14 man roster. And then if they're going to fill the 15th spot, they're going to really have to see something that they're like, Hey, we don't want to live without that because a 1 million contract is going to be 8.8 million dollars or something like that when it's all said and done or, $7.8 $7.8 million once the tax is all accounted for. So it's, they've got to show that it's worthwhile um, to the team. Like, Hey, you don't want to go on without this. Um, so I, you know, I'm probably like an outlier, you know, I understand Andre's value to the team, but mm-hmm. on the roster, right. Like, and maybe he's not needed. I don't know, but I felt like Andre was needed last year. I don't mean just like as a vet voice, but there were times like we just needed some bodies and like he wasn't even available. And I just worry, like if we find ourselves in that situation again, and it's a 14 man roster, I mean, granted you have the two ways, but like, I'm like, can't Andre be like a consultant and like do the same thing. And Mm -hmm. like, we get an actual body that's going to just be available to put on the floor. But I I see that's not the thinking, but I'm a little concerned about that. Are you guys concerned at all? 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I understand they want Andre to basically be like the Udonis Haslam role where right. he's like doesn't really play and he's just a vet mentor. And I get that. I mean, I love Andre and I'm not going to be like mad if he's back. But of at the course. same time, given the salary situation, the roster situation, I feel like you need every guy to be able to play. And I don't yeah. know if Andre at this point can play. And honestly, Do you though? Do you? Because yes. last year he wasn't available. Wiseman wasn't available. And they were sitting on the roster. We won a fucking championship. <laughs> so True. We True, did. But... but there were times during the season that For sure. it was shaky, you know? No and, doubt. And, um, you know, that just makes me a little nervous as they continue to age. Especially because, you know, you did have, like, I actually... Like people worry about Steph the most. I actually have like the least worry about Steph. Like mm -hmm. he's super well conditioned and you know, those whatever. ankle braces got him right. Right. But like, you know, um, I think like aunt, like you have to be concerned about Draymond with like now having that back injury, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like I, you know, the Warriors are just a team that always plays it safe. So like even though I expect to see a better version of play isn't he still going to be managed on some level next yeah. season i think so i think just that they've seen that it works that they can not play him back to backs and it works out i think that's a pathway to longevity yeah. um works and I, don't out. I think we're losing that. that term loosely but okay yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's very easy to have like confirmation bias when they win sure. it all and sure. say like it worked out but like there were definitely some points during the season where it was patchy and mm -hmm. I just don't know if you want to keep riding that risk, you know? Um, and there were more players you were managing, you were managing auto. So there's like a balance and, and there's not a, there's not necessarily an auto to manage this year. So maybe that's mm -hmm. a little different, but um, I just get a little concerned. That's all. It's not that I don't think that they're capable of winning, but I, I, I would prefer actual bodies that can just like play on sure. the floor. Yeah. I, I guess an interesting question uh, I want to ask you, Nat, do you think Andre is a warrior next year? What do you think? I mean, I'm going to go with yes, just because like, I mean, Andre's doing so many different business ventures, but at the mm. end of the day, he's also about his money. And so like, yeah. Why turn down money, especially if they're not really asking you to play? I mean, no one's mm -hmm. going to say that out loud, but like, <laughs> for sure, he's not being asked to play. So like, that's like, what, what is, what, 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 what he would get a vet minimum, right? What yeah. kind of money is that for him? Uh, off the top of my head, like 2.8, 2.9 million, I think. So you're talking about like almost $3 million and like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the taxes and all that shit is, but yeah, like, I actually think that's something interesting to touch on real quick. Cause that's something Perks taught me as well. Perks, tell us about vet minimums and the tax hit and what that means for players as they get older and how much of that is taxed versus how much of it's covered by the NBA. Yeah, give us a little bit on that. Yeah, so it's a fairly common thing. I don't know how familiar people are with it, but basically anytime a, a veteran signs a one-year deal at the minimum salary level, um, for example, let's say Andre resigns, his vet min is about $2.9 Because it's just a one-year deal, um, it's only counts for cap and tax purposes at like about 1.8 million. So the Warriors would only give him 1.8 million and that's the amount that would be taxed. So like, I guess what 1.1 difference there, the league would actually cover for them. And the reason this is done is because um, the older you are, like the more NBA seasons you have, your minimum salary is higher. And the NBA doesn't want teams to essentially discriminate against older players since they cost more. So they kind of subsidize it in the way mm. in order to um, like level the playing field. And this sense. is out from the, the NBA PA that they've worked out. Like there's yeah. a scale on years of service. The older you are, the more your minimum is. Um, Perks, if a team is over the cap and they've still got five roster spots, are they able to go fill those out with veterans regardless of the cap to fill out the roster with vet mins? When you mean like over the cap, they just over the salary cap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. You can have like 14 vet mins if you want. Yeah, right? so this is how teams fill out their roster. You can go get veterans, pay them the minimum. The team is on the hook for like the 1.8. And then whatever their scale is for their veteran salaries, the NBA covers the rest and it's tax-free. So they get their vet min money that's pre pre-discussed. So only if it's a one-year deal though. If it's a two-year yeah, yeah. deal, then that doesn't count. Then sure, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, my guess is just that, like, because I think Andre's about his money and like, yeah. this is like a way to get money and you don't have to like really, 
you know, because like, and I don't want to say like, cause I don't think Andre's lazy or anything like that, but like you hear Dirk talking about like how maybe he should have retired mm-hmm. a couple of years earlier and it would have been so much for his body. Right. Sure. So like, it's a way that's like, it's not that much on his body, <laughs> you know, it's a time commitment though. That's the thing. Like yeah. you have to be with the team constantly, you're training constantly. So uh, although he's not going to be really playing as much, I still feel like the commitments there for Andre yeah. at this point, you'd rather just do your own thing. And like, so yeah, not... maybe I, I wonder per- we'll perks see. is Andre going to be a warrior next year. I don't think so, man. I feel like you just won a championship. You're getting up there in age. It's this. Now's the time to ride into the sunset and call mm-hmm. it a day. I think if they I weren't going to be in contention, I feel like he's going to do it. Yeah. I feel like, like if the Warriors were resetting and we were looking at a rebuild, I think he retires. I think that because we're firmly in contention um, and the longer it draws out, the more I feel like this is a possibility. Why not like roll around with your boys on the PJ, go win another ring, have a parade. Uh, I, I don't see any avenue in which he's wanting to put the time in to like assistant coaching or player development coaching. I just don't think he's shown that that's where his interests are once he's done playing. I think he said um, it too. Like he's not interested. Yeah. In yeah. And uh, like, so I don't expect that. Fans expect think, that. I think it also happening. gives him content yeah. for his podcast, to be honest. Like you're in for the sure. center Ooh, of that's life. That's actually a good point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so like even more than getting his money with a player contract, which isn't small money, but for someone that's made as much as he has, the growth for his other ventures and platforms, those are that much more relevant if he's actively playing, in my opinion. Um, the yeah. places it puts him, the conversations he can have, being on the inside of that, the the more time that goes by where he hasn't said he's retiring, the more likely I think it is that he comes back for one more. That's my take. I think he comes back. I'm sure uh, Moses Moody may not want him back. No, I'm just playing. Like, don't say I'm spending any room. I'm sure Weatherspoon doesn't want him back. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's Weatherspoon. That's a guy who's directly tied to this, where I think Perks and I are aligned on that, that if Andre, if he retires, uh, there's one more spot on the the, the 14-man roster, and I think it's likely that Q gets a good look at that. Um, He deserves it, man. He really does. Yeah. yeah. I expect Weatherspoon to be a, a Golden State Warrior next year. Um, are there any it could be other, on the two way but are there any other vets out there who golden state may or should take a look at not bo cruz man just signed a deal yeah, with, just the signed with the raptors what about um, tony snow snow could be interesting someone i've looked at is wayne ellington i feel like he could make sense he's like a older vet he's like 34 but he i feel like he might be a decent fit he can still kind of shoot and wouldn't have to play much but i mean i feel like for most of these guys it it would have to be with andre retiring that kind of opens up the spot uh potentially being like that andre replacement as like a vet figure for your bench because so. yeah, I sort of feel like another vet is needed. I would just like it to be a vet that can play. That's really my only, yeah. you know, like if Andre could play, I would like be like, okay, whatever. But like, that's my only thing. So whatever, we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, you 12 minutes every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about like with our little time remaining, I want to talk a little bit about like some of the other like players who are not maybe as known to everyone um so tell me about Lester like what should we expect from him he's a two-way player I don't know much about him throws legit fourth of July parties okay so we've read on social media (laughs) listen I'm just gonna say y'all gotta stop hating on Lester man the amount of people I'm reading like oh Oh, I don't know anything about him no I'm not talking to you I'm just talking in general to the Twitter people Perks is buying as much Lester stock as he can he's like he's all in with both feet talk to me like it's a blank slate I have no clue who he is because I don't what like what should Warriors fans expect from him like is he gonna be because like Quinn was on a two-way but we didn't see him much last year we mostly kept seeing Chioza yeah. And I would have preferred this, to see more Quinn. But like, will we actually see Lester? Like, I expect we're going to see Quinn if he stays yeah. on the two-way. Mm. But like, is Lester a player we're going to see? Or is he primarily going to be down in the G League? He's going to be yeah. in the G League. It basically is going to flip from last year where Weatherspoon will essentially be like the Chiosa role where I would not expect him to play like any games in Santa Cruz. He'll just be with Golden State the whole season. Um, Lester, I would expect to be with Santa Cruz pretty much the whole season developing. Um, he's a 21-year-old 6'5 wing out of Memphis. Uh, he was both a teammate and roommate of James Wiseman um, down there. Uh, he's a guy who 
coming in is kind of like projected as a three and D wing. He can definitely mm-hmm. shoot the ball. He can do some things defensively. He has good size versatility. I was really impressed um, from watching him in person at the California Classic with his ability to create off the dribble and also his like secondary playmaking. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Jordan Poole from the 2019 Summer League. Not to say that he's going to become the next Poole, but that kind of, you know, the Poole kind of plays with a flair to his game where mm-hmm. it's like, you mm-hmm. never really know what he's gonna do. He has like all these kind of moves, and he has such a confidence um, in himself and with the shooting. And I kind of noticed that with Lester, and I kind of like when players who can knock down shots kind of have that. And I know he didn't really jump off the page um, during Vegas, which is I think the summer league most people watch. But I think it's also worth noting that he was essentially playing behind Moody, Kaminga, McClung, mm-hmm. um, all these guys. So it's not like he was really seeing a lot of the ball, and that's why I think. You know, he didn't make much noise, but I definitely think from seeing him in person, watching film on him, there's a player there for sure. And uh, if you're tuning in for Santa Cruz, I would definitely keep an eye on him. Okay. All yeah, right. I would say a bluster. He's oh, he's like he's quick laterally. He can stick with defenders. Um, he works pretty well off ball, which I think works well in the Warriors system. And um, one of the criticisms they received from scouts uh, in his like draft report is that he struggles to create his own offense at times. Um, when we saw him in San Francisco in the Cali Classic, he actually drew McClung on the defensive assignment, and he stayed in front of him. Like, and Mac's pretty explosive side to side. I think we saw a lot of promise there. Um, I he think that, play. yeah, he can play for sure. I think he's going to do well in Santa Cruz. Looking back to his college stats, he is shooting about like 45% from the field. He's a near 40% three-point shooter, so he can definitely hit the three ball, um, and he can rebound as well. I think that you'll see How those numbers. How was free throw shooting? Free throws were okay. Somewhere on his lowest season, he was 67.2% from the line, and then up as high as 80 over a 26-game sample in his freshman season. So he can, he's, I mean, he's no Jordan Poole from the stripe, but he can knock him down and he can create contact and get to the line, which I think is valuable. I think we'll see him rebound better in the G league than obviously yeah. he would in the NBA, but he's got a nose for the ball and he puts himself in the right spot. I think in his senior year, he was pulling down like four rebounds a game or something like that. So Andrew well, Wiggins they, number is prior to the playoffs. Okay. Well, they like him because I mean, they signed him relatively early to the two way deal. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, which I thought was notable. Yeah, teams yeah, actually so, were uh, looking to draft him, but he kind yeah. of turned that down because he wanted to like be able to choose his own team, and he wanted to come to the Warriors because that's like kind of been the team he's uh, mm-hmm. been a fan of since he was young. young oh, I love that for us <laughs> and him. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So, talk to me about Rollins because I also know nothing about him, and like the Warriors like paid money and like moved and did all this stuff to get him. You know, but we've also seen them do this in the past before with other players and they totally miss and granted like it's hit or miss, but what is so special about him that the Warriors thought they had to do all of this and what should we expect? He's athletic, man. So Rollins is six, three, about one eighty. He's got a wingspan of almost six foot 10. Uh, he's a knockdown shooter. He shot 50, 40, 90, um, good passing, good playmaker. I think that, uh, I think he's going to fit really well. Um, I think he's going to fit well with the Warriors. He's a like, really talented basketball player. What, what kind of first? minutes should we expect from him to be playing? And and what's the update? Well, like what's the deal with his injury? Like, will he be good for training camp and how, how serious of an injury is that? I think that's the expectation, right? He should be good for training camp. I think I, so. I too much on that. I haven't heard anything specific, but I don't think that it's serious. He was completely unaware that it even happened, that it was even present. Um, fractures, broken bones take six weeks or so to like ossify and really heal up. The fact that he wasn't even aware that it was there. I mean, worst case scenario, you go six weeks from then, right? Um, and he should be good to go. I yeah. think that we, I think we'll expect him to play sooner than later. Will he get like minutes in the rotation or is he just like a back of the bench guy? I'm not looking at Moody type minutes, right? Yeah, something like that. Like the thing with Rollins, I haven't watched Moody last year. Yeah. 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 I think you'll see games where he doesn't play at all. And I think you'll see games where he sees 18 minutes selectively when Steph and Clay's taking a rest day, things like that. The thing with him is like, I feel like they've kind of talked about him becoming like a future backup point guard for them. And I Mm -hmm. feel like 
I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but from what I've seen, he's more like a scoring guard really than a point guard. So I feel like you're going to have to really develop that kind of playmaking side of him. And so I would expect him to essentially be starting in the G League regularly. And maybe depending on if they need him in Golden State, he might see a couple cameos here and there. But mm. I wouldn't expect to see him in the rotation or really getting a ton of minutes, at least early on, for sure. Yeah. I think and- games in which we're not seeing, like if there's not a Golden State Warriors game that night and Santa Cruz is playing, I think he'll be in Santa Cruz yeah. for those. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So if they're looking maybe with the eye of making him a backup point guard, what? so what about Poole? Is that not like what his role is? Kind of, but I think eventually they want Poole to be a starter for him, I think. Okay. In the two spot? Maybe. We're not ready to send Clay to the bench. We're not having that conversation right now. Not a conversation <laughs> yet, but it might yeah. be at some point. Okay. But keep your uh, eye on but it. But his yeah. defense would have to get. I don't know if you're paying yeah. your six man like $25 million a year. You know? No, yeah. I hear you. But like his defense would have to like really oh, yeah. improve. Got to improve on that end for sure. Are we expecting to see an improvement from him on defense this season? Yeah. I mean, he's improved every year. He's got an insane work ethic. I, I'm not doubting him at any mm-hmm. step along the way. What about Andrew Wiggins? I think we'll see an improved Wiggs this year. Yeah, I expect Even his more, rebounding like, to be improved for sure. But when I say that, I mean like I think the version we saw of him in the postseason, I think that's gonna hopefully be the more regular Andrew we see, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. with some other slight improvements. But I feel like once you go to the biggest stage and you do that, it's like, mm-hmm. like yeah, now you know the player you can like yeah. be. So I don't know, yeah. but and I mean, he's could... coming into a contract, yeah, right. contract yeah. or free agency, so like there's incentive for him to show out. Right, for sure. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm just jumping around to different players that I really want to sure. touch on. Um, Clay, I expect Clay to be better this year too because this is like the second year after the injuries. Are you guys expecting the same or? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Clay was maybe a little bit frustrated with how he came back, kind of how it, it kind of took him some time to kind of find his footing, and maybe he's definitely not at where he was when he, you know, before he got injured, and I feel like in his mind he thinks he can still get back there so uh, i definitely expecting him to put in a ton of work this offseason to kind of get his body right for next year mm-hmm. i don't know if i expect him to be pre-injury clay if that's realistic yeah. but i don't think that we're gonna see like a visibly muted you know shadow of his former self i i think that he'll improve i think we'll see a better clay season long next year than we did in the back half of this year when we did see him play yeah, yeah. i think he'll pick up right where he left off that's what that's- i expect that's where I am. What about Draymond? Like, do you think this declined version of him that we saw in the postseason is what we should expect? Or should we expect the Dray that we saw before he went down with the back injury, who was like on track to be the defensive player of the year? That is a great question. I mean, I'm never doubting Draymond on the defensive end. I feel like that's something he'll always have it's really just i feel like the offense where he's continued to just dip downward like the threes haven't been there and like he's not even really looking to score as much as he used to i feel like i don't know how much of that is just him not being able to anymore or just his mentality having changed but i think at the end of the day like i'm always confident that draymond will pull things out um defensively it's just i think the offensive end is where you're kind of concerned and where i think the development of Wiseman long-term might be a factor in uh, Draymond's, you know, longevity. If he's playing next to someone like Wiseman who can do a little more offensively than Looney, maybe there's, you know, more room for him to continue starting. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Do you guys have five minutes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because you brought up Wiseman. Did you want to say something about Dre? Matt? No, no, I'm okay. good. So Wiseman, because um, I want to t- touch on our three young guys really quickly. So Wiseman, sort of a mixed reaction to him in summer league. Um, I felt fine about it. I'm like, what do you, this guy hasn't played in how many, like, <laughs> yeah. how long, guys? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, let's not be unreasonable. But I saw flashes of things that were good, right? So what what do you think? And I, and just in general, I think Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody looks like the most ready, but I mean, absolutely. like, I just think that when they're on the court, right, with, you know, the other vets, 
right? They're just going to look better in general, right? Like everything's going to come easier to them. We're not going to ne- necessarily see Kaminga like, you know, um, bringing the, cor- the the ball of the court, like full court. So what, let's c- just touch on those three. What do we expect to see for them for next season? Because Kaminga, I think of all people, surprised me the most in summer league. I, I felt like maybe there was a little of, I am the best player here or at least most talented. So I have to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't going well, <laughs> yeah. um, but he kept pressing, you know? And so I kind of, I don't know, I guess I would have expected maybe a little less of that after like mm-hmm. being in the warrior system, you know, for this full year. So, but I still think the talent, like I see the potential with him. So yeah. what, what do you guys think? I think there's like, I don't think there was a whole lot to take away from summer league for Wiseman. I don't think anything you saw good or bad, we can really draw conclusions off what to expect from him. I think it was so much more about him just getting on the floor again. I think getting his wind, building up his stamina and looking at his knee and how it responds to to time. I really think that that's what this was about. Um, If I am like trying to draw, like, you know, what, something out of it what do we can we expect moving forward things that i saw that i liked um was defensively i feel like he was really prone to biting on shot blocking and pump fakes he was up in the air all the time leaving the ground fouls uh he had a tendency to really foul yeah he had a tendency to lean forward when a player would shoot um and i think that we saw moments where he was moving laterally and staying straight up and altering shots and not biting on fakes at times. I thought that was really encouraging. It seemed like there was something defensively IQ wise that he's clued into. I thought that was an interesting takeaway. How many Um, minutes for him next season? 20, 18 to 22, maybe. What do you think perks? Something like that. I mean, I would expect him to. He's going to start behind Looney. Yeah. I mean, I would, expecting to come in at the start of second quarters and probably play about i don't know seven minutes so seven a, a eight, pencil yeah. at least like 14 15 depending yeah. on how things go maybe that increases yeah to start i think that's fair i, I think that I think he'll play like the development yeah. role. I, I mean people have talked about this but i feel like that's kind of what the warriors want from him in that second unit next year what and what's that uh, JaVel McGee role. Like rim running, oh, lob casting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. High, high screens and lobs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think we're all like in line that Moody is like the most ready. Um, for oh, his- for sure. It's but not it, even close. Where he, Where is he going to get minutes? Because like his position is the one where <laughs> they have the most depth, you know, mm-hmm. in the depth chart. So, but they're going to work to get him minutes, right? And make sure he's playing next season. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would be, I'd pencil him in right now as essentially like your eighth man. Like, I, I okay. think you'll get minutes over Kaminga and Wiseman for sure, but probably mm-hmm. behind Poole and uh, DiVincenzo. But okay. I mean, Moody's definitely the most ready, so you should see him a ton. Ahead. I'm curious to see what DiVincenzo gets. Like, if they are playing him like Bielitsa minutes or auto minutes, it'll be curious to see where he falls. Yeah, because I expected him to be higher in the rotation. I still thought mm-hmm. like, and even Jermichael Green. So you think like they'll be ahead of like Jermichael and um, Dante? Uh, not Dante. Like I would say, I think Paul six man for sure. I think Dante, you signed for the tension of him being your seventh man. But I think eight, nine, ten is the three young guys. The three young guys. I think yeah. Jermichael will essentially be like your 11th man, um, depending on how Kerr feels about that. But we'll see. <laughs> but okay, I think so- ideally that's what they would want, um, you know, the upper level manager. Kaminga, we're still high on him, right? He just has to continue to develop. And yeah. Okay. Last person, Baldwin. What what should we expect for Baldwin? We talked to Baldwin. Actually. Big yeah. He, he's, Did I miss he, that? I'm sorry. I've been off the TL because I had no, a no, girl. No, no, no. It's all good. We haven't we haven't written about it at all. So okay. We found out. So we we met Baldwin at Cali Classic. We were able to talk with him in the tunnel for a minute. Shout out to him because he uses Reddit. Yep. So we might okay. see him come through from time to time. Um, he said he feels good, that his body feels good, and he expects to be playing soon. So he's a high IQ player. Uh, he's a stretch big. I think that um, – I hope we see him in Santa Cruz. I hope he sees some I time down there. I would expect him to get plenty of time down yeah. there. Developing. So G League 
I'm yeah. likely for him to really get any minutes this season. Both I think you'll see similar Rollins and will get similar treatment to Moody Kuminga last year. Like spot minutes here and there, but in the pecking order, they're developing. They're developing um, developmental. They'll be in Santa Cruz. Yep. Once in a while in an NBA game when guys are resting, they'll get some time. And if they do good things during those limited minutes, that will convert to a few more minutes. Um, I think that's what we should expect. Yeah. All right. This was great, guys. Thank you so much for for coming on. Really. I you just have such a wealth of knowledge. And I have to have you back on once the season starts. Yeah, for um, sure. Or I don't know when, but we, you have to definitely come back on because we just got to talk about the season, what we expect, what it's looking like. I'm predicting another Warriors championship barring injury. Oh, I love it. So, you know, <laughs> you know, always high on the doves. I'm always, always there. Yep. So, um, but once we see like these other teams shake out, who knows where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to be. I Ooh. still feel like the Nets are like holding up the rest of free agency. So, um, I think they're going to stay in Brooklyn, but I just want to see how the rest of the season shakes out. And then we can kind of look at like how the Warriors stack up to other mm-hmm. teams. And I want to know you guys thoughts on that. So thank you so much for coming and passing through guys, go follow them. Tell us the handles for both accounts. Everyone's following Reddit, but still give us that handle and give us the CBA account. Even though I think I said it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, for I'm sure. Waiting. Follow, yeah. follow us uh, at GSW Reddit. And then for cap information and minutia at GSWCBA, um, come check us out there. And we would love to engage with you. Thanks for having us. Thank Thank you for being on guys, as you know, off season, I've dropped back to like every other week for all that. Mm -hmm. So tune in content still coming and catch me on golden spaces. Sometimes now you can catch me on TV. Um, (laughs) And um, also subscribe rates, leave feedback, all of that. It's appreciated. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.